we'll get started with our service. Psalms 37.3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be set, uh, fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to, be, bring it to pass. Good to be back in the Lord's house today. Preston, would you open us in a word of prayer, please? And join me to page 146, a shelter in the time of
just drifts away and I look back on the years with memories of happiness and bitter tears through it all there is a common thread that cannot be ignored you were there making me to be your servant Hello? 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 Perfect. I'm not going to preach at the stool today because it gets a little hard to stepping off and on the stool when I'm trying to walk around and stuff. So uh, you'll have to kind of look down here a little bit. But <clears throat> uh, I'm excited to preach today. I, I get to do it way more than I deserve or even I don't deserve it at all. But I'm just thankful that God gives me the opportunity to do this. 
like Pastor and I say, rocks and donkeys. <laughs> uh, we're thankful for it, but um, I'm excited. We'll be reading out of 1 Kings today, 1 Kings, and we'll be in chapter 22, chapter 22, 1 Kings 22, and just a little disclaimer, um, just to install on, you guys hear me? Yep, okay. Just a little disclaimer, um, I had a message uh, that I was working on out of the book of Daniel, uh, but as I was talking to Pastor about it this morning, uh, last night when I was reading over it, I, I had read this in my, in my Bible reading uh, a couple, like about a week or two ago, and it had just never really left my mind or my heart, and I was, I was committed to preaching out of Daniel. Uh, the message was done, but the Lord seemed to have uh, kind of pulled that rug under my feet, so um, I didn't have much. I had barely started on this, so um, the Lord's really going to have taught me through this today for sure, uh, but I'm excited about it, and uh, even just hearing pastor's messages this morning, I can see why the Lord was uh, kind of changing my direction so we'll go ahead and trust him and uh, just pray that he helps us through it. So if you see me struggling up here, uh, take it up with God. <laughs> so 1 Kings chapter 22, if you go ahead and stand if you're able. 1 Kings 22. Um, and this is actually just a couple chapters past what Brother uh, Gus preached uh, last Sunday night. This is just, just a little bit in the future from what he preached. First, uh, 1 Kings chapter 22, it says, verse 1, And they continued three years without war, between Syria and Israel. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, by the way, the king of Israel was Ahab at this time, it's still Ahab, the wicked king Ahab. Uh, the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth and Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria? And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth-Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. And the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about four hundred men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth-Gilead to battle? Now these prophets weren't God's prophets. These were wicked prophets. These were prophets of, of, of the false god Baal. That They weren't God's prophets. But he asked him, Shall I go against Ramoth-Gilead to battle? Or shall I forbear? Shall I stay here? Shall I hold back? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides, that we might inquire of him? And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imla, by whom, the, the, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But in, in Ahab fashion, he's being a little baby, he says, But I hate him, for he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Let, let not the king say so. He's saying, he's saying, well, let's just hear him out. Let, let's, let's say what this guy has to say. The, then the king of Israel called an officer and, and said, Hasten hither, uh, Micaiah, the son of Imla. We'll skip forward uh, to verse uh, 14. This, this is Micaiah now. And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. I titled my message, uh, One Man Versus the World. Uh, it's along the same vein of what Brother Gus preached about last week, and I think maybe even what Pastor preached about this morning later on, the connection we made, that maybe this is why the Lord was kind of uh, changing directions this morning. But we'll go ahead and pray and then go ahead and get started. Dear God, thank you so much for this opportunity you've given me to preach, Lord, and just thank you for the great music and the great preaching we've already got to hear today, God. 
I just pray you be with us now, Lord, in this final message today, Lord. I pray you give me liberty, Lord. Give me the word to speak. I know I need you, Lord. You know I need you. I just pray you be with us the rest of the day. You're going to be praying, man. You may be seated. <clears throat> I, have lots of, I have a lot of college stories. I just hope I never run out of college stories to use as illustrations. So we'll see what happens when I run out. Well, here's another college story. It was sophomore year, um, and uh, Heartland Baptist Bible College, like every other college, has different dorms. Uh, I was obviously in the men's dorm, and we had, we had three men's dorms. We, there's still three men's dorms there, and we have a uh, brown dorm. I was in brown, not because I was brown, but the, 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 the dorm that the, the, the man at the dorm was named after, his last name was Brown. Uh, and then we had Art Wilson 1 and Art Wilson 2. And throughout the year, throughout the semester, each dorm would have its own special activities. It'd certainly usually be about a Friday night after curfew. Uh, you'd have a late night activity. We'd have activities like make up your own skit night. We'd have uh, Oreo eating competitions. But every once in a while, the deans thought it would be a good idea to have all three dorms kind of come together and have one giant activity uh, for all the men. So uh, Friday night rolled along, and it was time for a combined uh, dorm activity. So we'd meet at the gymnasium. Um, and as all the men are heading to the gym, we're wondering, what, what, what is the activity going to be? It was supposed to be a surprise, but we got told to, to come prepared and, and to come in athletic clothes. So we show up at the gym, and lo and behold, it, a lot of guys were excited about it. We're going to play dodgeball. And now dodgeball wasn't, we're not using the kitty balls, the really soft foam ones that won't hurt. We were using real dodgeballs. So we have a bunch of uh, 18 to 20-something-year-olds in the gym. We're ready to go. There's, there's of course, a lot of built-up aggression towards other dorms because we're proud of our dorm and the other dorm stinks. Although our dorm, Brown, Brown dorm, actually physically stinks, so we were kind of the ones that stank. But, but we, we thought, our Wilson's too good. They're, they're goody too. We're going to beat them. This, this is awesome. We're going to war against our rival dorms. So as the activity started, people were getting pummeled, and, and when Brown won some, and Art Wilson won, uh, won some, and then Art Wilson, too, won a couple. Uh, but after everything was over, uh, they said, you know, it'd be a good idea to have another game. And uh, they said, okay, yeah, we're, we're down. We want more blood. Let's do this. And um, at, at, at Heartland, I don't know if it's like this at any other Bible college. I'm sure there is. I don't know what they're called. We had something called RAs, or Resident Advisors. And these RAs were students that were trusted by the deans to kind of enforce the rules in the dorm because the deans couldn't be everywhere all the time. And these students were trusted. They, they, were, they were proven to have good character. They were proven to be trustworthy. And they were, they were sort of in charge. And with that responsibility also came the responsibility of doing something called writing people up. If, if your room was a mess, if you were out past curfew, if, if you were doing something wrong you shouldn't, these RAs would have to write you up. Uh, if, 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 uh, if you did a lot of bad stuff, you'd call them snitches, right? But they were just doing what they were supposed to do. But these RAs, um, well, let's just say a, a lot of the student body was excited to do a, uh, uh, it was an RA versus everybody else game. So each dorm only had three RAs. So Brown had three, Art Wilson had three, and Art Wilson two had three. So that was a total of six times three is nine. Okay, nine RAs versus six times three. I meant three times three is nine. Wow. Three times, my wife isn't here to do my math for me, so. Three times three is nine. So we have nine RAs versus the rest of the guys. And as you can imagine, it was pretty outnumbered. Uh, those guys suffered. And um, 
I was trying to be stupid and I was trying to be funny. So what I did is I started getting all dramatic. We were all into this. Remember, this is like, we were, in our heads, we were really going into battle. We had the full, in our heads, we were, this was like the 300 standing against everybody else, right? And me being dumb, um, I said, you know what? I'm going to go with the RAs. I'm going to go help the RAs. And it was already kind of this unspoken thing that we were going to pummel the RAs because they were writing us up and all this stuff. But what really got a lot of people mad was that I betrayed our side and I went to the RA side. So they kind of came up with this unspoken plan. They got all the rest, and this is a true story. I'm not making this up. I'm not exaggerating it for the illustration. This has actually happened. The Lord is my witness. They took out all the other RAs and kind of paused, and they waited for me to be by myself. So it was me versus a lot, a lot of guys. So they all took their time getting their dodgeballs. I only had about three or four dodgeballs that I had, but I, I knew what was going to happen. I knew I messed up. I shouldn't have betrayed the guys. Why would I go with the RAs? I didn't even like the RAs anyway. What a dummy. So I, I can see the intentions in their eyes. I know what's about to happen. And uh, as I, I scramble, I said I have three or four dodgeballs. I have nothing else to defend myself. Um, uh, I'm pudgy now, but I was even pudgier back then, so it's not like I was going to be athletic enough to, def- to be able to dodge all the dodgeballs. And I, um, I could throw, but there's only one, only, only had two arms, and I could only throw with my right one. And there were so many guys, what was I going to do? So I, I look in the corner, I don't know if it's cheating or not, and I saw one of those giant bins, kind of like the ones we have in the, that we use for food, of tra- a trash can. So I said, okay, I can do this. So I ran over there and grabbed it, and right as I grabbed it, the guy started throwing dodgeballs, and I huddled in the corner and jumped in it and stuck myself up against the wall, and I could just feel the, the, the dodgeballs trying to reach me. Obviously, that, that angered a lot of guys, so they just ran across the line that they weren't supposed to cross, and they ripped the trash can off of me, and they just pummeled me with dodgeballs. And that's that story, right? But in that moment, you know, I, I, I saw my, laugh, my life flash before my eyes. I remember when I, I look back, all the memories of when I was a child and, and the good memories of maybe eating my favorite food and, and in a, I loved Christmas, opening Christmas presents. And, and I remember pictures in my head of my family and of my friends. And I said, this is it. It was a good life. And here I am standing by myself against all these other guys. And obviously that part's a little dramatic, but uh, that's only a fraction, you could say, of maybe what Micaiah was feeling in this portion of Scripture. And maybe for him, it was a lot more real than a simple dodgeball night versus a bunch of guys that you betrayed, you know. Um, it, it was a little different from Micaiah here, but we're not going to go back in the story too far, but uh, we do have some characters in this passage. Uh, the first one is uh, King Ahab. Whenever the, in this passage, whenever he's referring to the king of Israel, that's King Ahab. He was a wicked king. He's the same Ahab that married Jezebel, the same Ahab that just did a lot of wicked, sinful things against God. Ahab was leading the nation of Israel against God. Uh, but throughout 1 Kings, you actually see that Ahab sort of had very minuscule glances of hope, you could say, where he sort of listened to God, only to mess up again the next chapter. Ahab was a wicked guy. It's, it's, that's the first character. We have Ahab. Then we have Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is a very interesting character because the Bible says he was a good king. He did really want to honor the Lord, except he messed up in the fact that he pretty much, uh, he compromised would be a good word. 
and through a marriage, uh, a marriage uh, between uh, his child and Ahab's child, uh, it kind of put him, you could say, in a, in a bond with King Ahab. And he, he made this bond with Ahab, even though he was trying to worship God. He made this bond, he compromised and made this alliance with this wicked king of Israel, Ahab. And because of that, Jehoshaphat, although he was trying to please the Lord, kind of got drugged into a lot of uh, messy situations because of his alliance with King Ahab. And that's, that's a good, I'm not going to preach on that, but that's a good sermon there is be careful who you make alliances with because they're probably going to drag you down. Okay, teenagers, write that one down, okay? Don't make alliances with King Ahab. No matter how good your intentions are, King Ahab kept on dragging Jehoshaphat down. Okay, we're, we're done with that one. So we have, we have King Ahab, we have Jehoshaphat. King Ahab was the king of Israel. King Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. Then we have another character, or characters you could say, and we have these 400 prophets. And the, the word of God uh, um, makes it clear, you can study it out, that these prophets weren't prophets of the Lord, they were prophets of Baal. They were, they were false prophets. We'll put that label to them, okay, to make it easier. These, these were false prophets. And um, we didn't read this, but this is where I'll kind of start explaining more. Um, so uh, King Ahab and uh, King Jehoshaphat, uh, there, there's, there's no war for three years. They're, they're, they were fighting against Syria for a while, and there's peace for three years. Okay, it's peace. So they decide this is a good time to reinforce our lands, to make sure that we build ourselves up powerful again. And they have the idea to take back um, a certain land, uh, Ramoth Gilead, uh, from the Syrians. So King uh, Ahab, he goes to King Jehoshaphat and says, are you going to team up with me so we can take back this land and kind of reinforce ourselves, make us stronger? And King Jehoshaphat, because of the, the, the wrong alliance he made that he never should have, he, he says, yes, my men are yours, my horses are yours, I am one with you, I'm going to help you fight this battle. Okay, so we have King Ahab and we have King Jehoshaphat, a very wicked king and a king trying to please the Lord, uh, but with the wrong alliances, they team up. They're going to try and take back this land that the Syrians uh, took from them. Okay, so that, that, that's set. King Jehoshaphat, though, has a good idea. This is a good idea. He says, King Ahab, do you have anybody who could... Uh, we, we should inquire of the Lord. We should make sure that God is going to help us win this battle. We should make sure that this is what God wants us to do. And what they do is they, they turn to the 400 false prophets first. And they say, in short, I'm not going to say what they say, but they pretty much say this. Yes, do it. You're going to win. God's going to be on your side. But King Jehoshaphat says, ah, this isn't good enough. He says, King Ahab, is there somebody else, a prophet of the Lord, that we could turn to, that, that we could make sure that God's on our side for this? And King Ahab, King Ahab, like we read, says, yeah, there is, but I don't really want to go to him. And Jehoshaphat's probably like, why? And he says, well, this guy, his name is uh, Micaiah, uh, Micaiah. I had to look that up and practice it a lot. Micaiah, uh, uh, this prophet Micaiah, I don't like going to him because he's always prophesying against me. Or in other words, Ahab knows he's doing wrong and he knows Micaiah is prophesying what the Lord says to him. So it's obviously going to be against him. He didn't like that. He didn't like that Micaiah wasn't giving him, wasn't prophesying to him what he wanted to hear. Pretty much is what Ahab was saying. Ahab is a big baby. The more you read about Ahab, uh, remember that, the situation with the vineyard, if any of you have ever studied it out? He literally, his wife killed somebody because he was being a baby because he couldn't get a vineyard for himself. King Ahab was a giant baby. Okay, and in this passage, we see that kind of come out again. He says, yeah, I don't like Micaiah because he's always preaching against me. He doesn't tell me what I want to hear. I don't like the dude. Little baby. But King Jehoshaphat says, well, let, 
he really wanted to make sure the Lord was on their side because the Bible tells us in, in a previous passage, we didn't read that, but he really was trying to please the Lord. So he says, let's hear out what this prophet Micaiah has to say. So Ahab maybe grudgingly says, fine, I guess, but something happens, I warned you. So he sends a servant to go get Micaiah, the prophet of the Lord. As the servant goes to get the prophet, uh, Micaiah, uh, King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat are sort of having a gathering with the 400 prophets, and they start prophesying and going crazy and saying, yes, you win this battle. God's going to give it to you. Yes, yes. And it even brings another character. His name is Zedekiah, who claims to be from the Lord, and he, 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 he makes these horns, and, and he says, he, he builds these horns as kind of like a visual aid, a visual illustration, and he says, look, this is how God's going to help you drive away the Syrians. God's on our side. You go, King Jehoshaphat. You go, King Ahab. God's going to deliver these Syrians into our hands. Look, this is how he's going to do it. And they're having this great party. They're, they're, they're having this gathering where the 400 prophets and this, this Zedekiah, who claims to be, have a message from the Lord, are telling Jehoshaphat and King Ahab that, yes, you're going to win this battle. You can go in full-heartedly, confidently, knowing that you have this in the bag. While this is going on, the servant reaches Micaiah. And he says, Micaiah, King Ahab would like your counsel on if, if they should, King, King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat would like to know if they should go up against the Syrians. And he tells him something. He tells him, I probably just better read it. That <clears throat> way I don't ruin it. Verse 13, it says, And the messenger that was gone to call Micaiah spake unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. He finds Micaiah and he tells him, look, these other prophets, they're telling King Ahab good things. They're telling King Ahab and Jehoshaphat that they should do this. And he pretty much tells them, we would really appreciate it if you told them the same thing. We'd really appreciate it if you kind of got on board and wouldn't ruin our party uh, with, the, with the 400 prophets in Zedekiah. We'd really appreciate it, Micaiah, if you kind of just went along with the flow. We'd really appreciate that. And what's Micaiah's answer? And Micaiah said in verse 14, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. That will I speak. So, verse 15, So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And when you first read that, you're like, why would he say that? He copied the, the, the 400 prophets. Well, as we're learning, he was just like Elijah. Micaiah was a little sarcastic with him. He wasn't agreeing with him. He was saying it very sarcastically. He says, Micaiah, should I, should I go and take this land back? What do you think? And he says, yeah, you definitely should go take the land back. God will deliver it to you. And we, we see that Ahab picks up on this. He's a giant baby again. Verse 16, And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? Which is not true because Ahab hated hearing what came from the Lord. Because he never listened to it and it was always against his own plans. But uh, Micaiah has this attitude with him and is, is kind of smart with him. And uh, he, he, he tells him, Yeah, you should definitely do it. And Ahab picks up on it. He says, You're lying to me. Tell me what God actually has to say. I love Micaiah. He's awesome. And he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. This was a vision. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. He had a vision. The first vision was this. He said he saw the, the people of Israel kind of like, like sheep scattered about with no shepherd. Well, what, what, was, what was that? 
Well, the king of Israel were going to have no shepherd or no leader or they were going to have no king. If they went to this battle, guess who was going to die? King Ahab. That was what God was telling Micaiah to tell King Ahab. And the king of Israel, this is Ahab, said unto Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? He's a baby again, and he tells Jehoshaphat, Didn't I tell you that this guy, Micaiah, just keeps on telling me, he doesn't tell me what I want to hear, he keeps on prophesying against me. Didn't I tell you that? Ah, man, Ahab. Verse 19, and he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. This is Micaiah again. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another said on this manner. And then came forth a spirit, and stood before the Lord, and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of, in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him, and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. Micaiah pretty much told Ahab the way it was going to be. He's saying this, you're going to die if you go out to battle today. You know how I know that? Because even God is against you. Because of your wickedness and because of what you've done, even God is against you. He's going to make sure that you die today. So we have Micaiah, right? They, they come to him and they say, we would really appreciate if you got on board with us. But he says, whatever the Lord says is what I'm going to say. And we see that these false prophets, there was a lying spirit in them. These, these false prophets were, were leading King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat into their own death. To King Ahab's own death. As we keep reading, it says, but Zedekiah, this is, a, this is an, another awesome Anybody that says the Bible is boring hasn't read the Bible. I don't know what they're reading. It says, but Zedekiah, remember this priest, the guy that made the horns and was saying, yes, this is how we're going to win, Ahab, the one that claimed to have a, a message from the Lord. He says, but Zedekiah, the son of Chanana, uh, I, didn't, I totally butchered that, I know that, went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek. And he said, which way went the Spirit of the Lord for me to speak unto thee? Zedekiah didn't like what Micaiah was saying because it was going against what he told King Ahab, King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat. And he, I was going to have a Zedekiah and a, King, uh, and a Micaiah up here, but I figured just for the slap. Um, I, don't like, I don't like referencing pop culture a lot in messages, but who knows what happened with Will Smith. And, yeah, I was kind of going to try and recreate that. But that, that's what Zedekiah does. He walks up to, to Micaiah and he slaps him in the face and says, Really? So the Spirit of the Lord left me and went to you now? Who do you think you are? Right? So that, that, that's what that passage is telling us happens. Even Zedekiah was having a fit about this. <clears throat> and Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see in that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide themselves. Micaiah, super sarcastic once again. That's why I love him. He's awesome. He says, You'll know what I'm talking about when you're hiding in your closet. Because something, because King Ahab's going to die. It, it, they're, they're, he's going to be punished for that. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about whenever you have to hide yourself in your inner chamber, whenever you have to hide for your life in your closet. And the king of Israel, Ahab, said, Take Micaiah and carry him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in the prison and feed him with bread of affliction and with water of affliction until I come in peace. He did not like Ahab, uh, uh, Micaiah's uh, message. 
So King Ahab, in true Ahab fashion, tells, uh, commands his servants to imprison Micaiah. He says, only feed him bread and water, probably nasty old stale bread. It wasn't delicious Texas Roadhouse rolls. And, uh, and, only, and only give him water to drink. That way he can be afflicted until I come back. And Micaiah doesn't shut up. He's awesome. He says, and Micaiah said, if thou return at all in peace, the Lord hath not spoken by me. And he said, hearken, O people, every one of you. My, Micaiah says, probably, I can just imagine him getting chained up as he's walking away and he's looking back. He's like, if you come back at all, then that's your proof that God really wasn't speaking to me. But he knew what was going to happen. So can you imagine this with me? As King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat, they, 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 they go to these 400 prophets, and the 400 prophets tell them, yes, you're going to win. Go for it. It's in the bag. And Zedekiah even puts on this great demonstration of how they're going to win this battle. And, and as a servant comes to Micaiah, and he tells him, you, pretty, you, you probably should join up with what they're saying. Micaiah decides then and there, whatever God says is what I'm going to deliver. I'm going to be faithful to what the message that God has told me to deliver. And I, I can just imagine, as, not only that, but just think about this. When you come before the king, a king back then had power to do anything they wanted to do to you. If Ahab, I don't know what, Ahab is a brat, so I, I, don't, I don't even know what stopped him from just killing Micaiah on the spot. He could have done that. He had the power to do that as a king. So can you just, can you just put yourself in Micaiah's shoes? And you're probably starting to build the application in your mind already. You're probably, trying to, you're probably making connections. Um, as Micaiah is, is coming forth, and he, he's already committed in his heart to be faithful to the message that, that God has laid on his heart, that he's going to be faithful to the truth, to the truth of God. And he's standing there, and he passes by the 400 prophets that are prophesying against what he's going to say. And there, he passes at Micaiah, who's putting on this great demonstration, very convincingly, against what he's going to deliver, the message he's going deliver, and he comes before two very powerful men, men that probably could have had him killed if they didn't like what he had to say, and he stand there. And yes, I felt alone at that dodgeball uh, night. I thought my life flashed before my eyes, jokingly, right? But can you imagine how alone uh, Micaiah felt in that moment? And the only way that he was able to stick with it is because he had committed in his heart, it's what we see in verse 14. And Micaiah said, as the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. That one man versus the whole world. I, I can imagine what Micaiah felt like as it was 400 prophets prophesying something else. He was going to prophesy to the king. Imagine how alone he felt. He was this one, and I know Brother Gus preached about this last week, about Elijah being the only prophet doing what he was supposed to be doing. And just a couple chapters later, we see another, the very same situation with Micaiah doing the same thing. In fact, not only that, but not only was he the only, Elijah was the only prophet prophesying, but Micah was actually going against what all these other prophets were saying to King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat. And can you imagine what happens? Can you use your imagination? We don't have to, because later in the passage we see that what God said was going to happen, surprisingly or not surprisingly, came to happen. Ahab died. Ahab dies, they lose the battle, and Jehoshaphat has to run away. Jehoshaphat, uh, the Lord spares his life in that battle. He doesn't die till later. But King Ahab dies just like Micaiah prophesied to him would happen. He delivered the message from the Lord. And man, I can just imagine how alone Micaiah felt in that moment. One man versus the world. And like I said, you're probably making that connection in your hand already. You already know where this message is going. But I... It, it, like I said, the Lord kind of changed this message last minute. I was going to preach out of uh, Daniel. 
but is this so prevalent with Brother Gus preached uh, last week? And I'll even, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what Pastor preached about this morning. And even what's going on with Israel. Israel is a picture, what's going on in Israel is kind of a, uh, a slap in the face, you could say, if you weren't looking for it, that the end times are, are coming. Our time is running short. And whether it be sooner than we think or later than we think, it's coming. And it really, it really, it really was kind of an awakening call, you could say. And like I said, you're making the connection already that we need more Micaiahs nowadays. But what is the world full of now? The world isn't full of Micaiahs. What the world is full of is 400 prophets, or even worse, Zedekiahs, who are just preaching a message that they know everybody wants to hear. People are too scared to deliver the message that God has said is true in his word, and rather they're preaching a message that they know nobody will get mad at them for, that they know will get them good success, that they know will get them good popularity. There's too many people, there's too many Zedekiahs, you could say, there's too many of these false prophets nowadays, and what we need is more Micaiahs who will stand up and make a dedicating their heart and say, what did he say in verse 14? He does, we need more Micaiahs. We need Brother Lalo. We need pastor. We need teenagers. We need men in the church. Women, young ladies will say, as the Lord liveth, which, without which the Lord saith unto me, that is what I will speak. Because you know what? There's plenty of false prophets in the world. And the word of God tells us all throughout scripture to watch out for false prophets. And the word of God also tells us that during the, when we get closer to the end times, we'll see more and more and more false prophets. And let me tell you, they're everywhere. And these false prophets, like I said, are prophesying a message that everybody wants to hear. They don't want to offend anybody, right? So they're prophesying, the easiest application I can make connected to pastor's message is this, the gospel. The gospel. There's plenty of false prophets. There's plenty of Zedekiahs just preaching what you want to hear. And they're saying this, you know what? If you do good, you'll be saved. All you, have to, you have money, right? Just give some money and you'll be good. I mean, on the meanwhile, God had given us a message already. And the message is that you can only come to him through Jesus Christ. But it doesn't just stop at the gospel. It goes a step further in this. Yes, uh, Micaiah had a message to deliver. And then when we had a message to deliver, you, you, he had to speak it. But uh, Christians nowadays, even back then, I think the Bible even can back this up, is this, that it's not just about what we speak, but a lot of the, the things we communicate is by the way we live. Our life should be a message. Our life should be a message coming from the truth of God's word. Not only what we say, but in how we live. So it doesn't just stop at the gospel, but really God's given each one of us a message to deliver with the way we live our life. With the way we live our life. And so many times there, there, there's these false prophets and there's these Zedekiahs that, that, are, that, are, that are giving a message like, you can live however you want. As long as you know you're saved, it's okay. That's why God saved you, right? Just do whatever you want. You can come to church on Sunday and live however you want the rest of the week to where nobody knows if you're a Christian or not, but you're saved, so why does it matter? You don't have to dedicate your, your, life, your life to the Lord. <laughs> don't worry about that. Meanwhile, we have the message from God that says this. You're supposed to live righteously and separated. And your life should be characterized by holiness. And you should be sanctified. And you should give up the sin that plagued your life before you were saved because I freed you from that. That's what your life should look like. And God's given us a message to live out with our lives that point others to Him. That point others to sanctification, to righteousness. That give the world a picture of what Jesus Christ looks like. And yet... The world is full of, even more dangerously, like Brother Gus preached about last week, the world is full of what? The churches are full of Zedekiahs 
and these false prophets that come to church every Sunday morning and every Sunday afternoon, and they'll get up and sing specials, but yet the message that they're portraying the rest of the week with their friends over text, at work, with their work friends, the stuff they laugh at, the stuff they look at, the message they're portraying with their lives is that of the false prophets, is that of Zedekiah. It's just that what the world wants to hear, that which the world approves of. And yet God's calling every single one of us here at Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple to be like Micaiah, to stand up and say, you know what, I might be alone and I might get a slap in the face, maybe not physically, but emotionally, with friends or family. I might get a slap in the face and I might even get thrown into prison. But I'm going to deliver the message that the Lord said is true. And you say, okay, we've heard plenty of messages on on standing up for what's right and and being faithful to the word of the Lord, but that's not going to change the fact that it's still hard. It is hard. So, So how do we do that? Well, I think a hint of that is, when, is in what uh, Micaiah answered to, to, the, to the servant that went to fetch him. He says, And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. Here's what I see from Micaiah. Here's what I think will give us a little bit of a boost to be able to, 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 to be faithful to the message of the Lord whenever it gets hard against the false prophets, against the Zedekiahs in our life, is this. Micaiah was convinced that what God said was true. Simple as that. Sometimes it seems like the the believers, Christians, children of God, they don't believe what they claim to believe. Because if we truly believed that one day Christ is coming back, and when he comes back, it's too late for those people on earth. And if we truly believe what the word of God says, that there is a heaven and a hell, and if we truly believed that Jesus Christ is the only way to get saved, and if we truly believe that Christ is calling everybody to get saved, if we truly believe those things, then we need to be like Micaiah, prophesying to every single person we can. But maybe the reason a lot of Christians don't is because they, can't, they don't have the confidence that Micaiah had in the word of God. Micaiah had complete confidence that what God was saying was true. And we claim we do as Christians, but many times it's, I'm scared to think that maybe we don't believe it like we say we do. Because if we did, it'd be more urgent, wouldn't it? And we claim we believe, we, 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 we claim to believe that we believe the word of God 100% that it's God's word and that God has told us to live righteously, separated, and, 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 and personal and public lives. But many times the way we live outside of church proves otherwise. We're, 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 we're prophesying a message of the 400 prophets of Zedekiah when God says, I want you to deliver a message with your life that's separated, that's holy, that's righteous. And that's the world we live in today. And this isn't some brand new message. This isn't something uh, jaw-dropping, something uh, that you've never heard of before. But maybe we just need a reminder because the world, as we can see, with going on with Israel and just looking around us, it seems to be getting closer and closer to what we believe is the end times, right? And we know Christ is coming back, and we say we believe that. So maybe God's sending more reminders every single time, every single chance he gets is this. Man, stand up. You might feel like you're alone. You might feel like you're one man versus the world. You might get slapped. You might get thrown into prison. But you have to portray, you have to deliver the message that God says is true. That only comes from a heart that is 100% confident that what God said in his word is 100% true. That's what will help us. Because it's going to be hard. And it's easy for me to get up here and preach and sweat and say, we got to be like Micaiah and stand up. Even me being on staff, it can be easy for me to do that on a Sunday afternoon where I know the heart of the church family here is going to be supporting me 100%. Because nobody's going to stand up in the middle of service and say, I don't believe what you're saying. No, we're all on board, right? 
But it's another thing whenever I'm at Lowe's trying to buy equipment and I'm a little nervous to talk to this person that claims to be an atheist. It's a, little, it's a little more difficult whenever you have to go back to work on Monday and you know that the people at work might ostracize you if you start, if they, if you start talking about the Lord. But we have to do it. And it's a little different from here than, than talking to your friends that are out of church, that are, that are ungodly, that are living lives that they shouldn't be living. It's a little easier here than it is when you're talking to them, isn't it? I think what will help us is this. Micaiah had complete confidence that what God had said was true. And guess what? It came to pass. So the things we claim to believe in, the, the heaven and hell, Christ coming back, and it'll be too late, or the fact that God will bless a righteous, holy life, and that he will be against an unrighteous and unholy life. Those things are they come to happen. Micaiah's prophecy came true. God came through on his promise. And the same promises we find throughout the word of God, good or bad, guess what? They're going to come true. They're going to come true 100% without a shadow of a doubt. So now is the time to decide, what side do you stand on? You personally, are you, you going to join the crowd and be part of the 400 prophets in Zedekiah, preaching a message that everybody likes to hear? Or are you going to be a, a Micaiah, who puts confidence, all his confidence, in what God had said to be true, dedic- de- dedicates himself, purposes in his heart, to be faithful to the message of God, even if you get slapped in the face, even if you're alone, even if you're standing against the 400 prophets and Zedekiahs of your life, even if eventually, it might come to that, Christ doesn't, <laughs> Christ doesn't come back sooner, you get thrown into physical prison. It's happening in other parts of the world. It's only a matter of years till it happens here, right? We won't be ready unless we now decide to be like a Micaiah and really 100% beyond the shadow of a doubt ask yourself this. Do I really have faith? Do I really believe that what God said in his word is, get it, is true? And if so, that should be a little boost to help us stand when it seems like everybody else is standing against us. When it seems to be us which is 400 prophets and Zedekiahs in our life. It was a simple challenge today, but I think a challenge that kind of keeps on popping up, up over and over again just because of the state of the world. Are you going to be like Micaiah? Are you going to stand alone, be faithful to deliver the word of the Lord? Or are you going to be like the 400 prophets and Zedekiahs in the world? Let's go ahead and pray. Dear God, thank you so much, Lord, for your word, and thank you for the reminders that we get, Lord, and and not only reminders, Lord, but even promises that you've promised that will come true, God. And with those promises, Lord, come some responsibilities for your children. And I pray you help us be like Micaiah and Elijah and the Noahs and, and the Pauls and the Apostles. And I just pray you help the believers here at Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple, Lord, to stand up. Even though we might be alone and things may, may not go our way, Lord, I just pray you help us to dedicate ourselves, Lord, and to purpose in our hearts that we, we are confident in what you say to be true. I just pray you uh, deal with hearts, Lord, and I just pray you search out hearts and speak to hearts in the way that you need to, Lord, the way that you see fit, and I pray that people will surrender to that, Lord, and humble themselves before you. In your name we pray, amen. As you stand, just ask the Lord to kind of search your heart and ask yourself, um, are you pretending to be a Micaiah on a Sunday morning, but are you a Zedekiah or a false prophet throughout the week? What are some areas of your life that you need to start portraying, delivering the message that God said in his word to be true? And even to tie it in with pastor's message, we have the gospel, the ultimate message we're supposed to deliver. Are you delivering that the way you should? We believe that the world's going to end. We believe that one day it'll be too late for everybody. And if we truly believe that, 
then we would share it with everybody we could. So you ask the Lord to uh, just kind of break your heart if he needs. Just come and deal with him and surrender things in your life that you need to. Amen. <clears throat> like Pastor said earlier, the only uh, really announcement we have coming up will be the ladies meeting coming up this Thursday at 6.30. So uh, just if you have any more questions, please talk to Miss Cindy Bloyer. And we do have Brother Joel Travis coming up uh, on October 25th. He'll be with us. So there'll be no uh, Wednesday night teen class that night. And then the Teen Owl Nighter coming up October 27th. The Fall Praise Festival October 28th. And the fundraiser the 29th. Um, Thankful for being in the Lord's house today. It was an awesome day, and I'm excited for every single Sunday. Uh, Brother Purcell, do you mind dismissing us in prayer?